By the time you're listening to this, Happy New Year's to you all! It's Unji, and today I am joined by my family. How are we doing tonight, guys? Good. <laughs> we are now on day seven of nine in our Chingle Bells reunion, and it's great to see that we're all a net positive in enjoying each other's company. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> As some of you may know. <laughs> As some of you may know, we've started a tradition the last handful of years where each member of the family is in charge of creating the itinerary for the day. I love this because it gives each of us a voice in sprinkling in our personality into our dynamic family. So today is my day and surprise, y'all know I have taken a deeper interest into the Enneagram. I thought it would be cool to do a family podcast and I want to shout out my family for taking this test and engaging in this activity. I surely am blessed. My hope is that while we are far from being Enneagram experts, this tool could be used to create a space for us to discuss and have a room for greater understanding of one another so we can keep growing as a family. We hope you enjoy this episode. All right. So I think the basic format of today is just going, just going to be discussing some of the questions I did send out in advance. I think we all um, can share as much as we want, but I wanted to do a quick introduction where you can share your name, maybe your role in this family, and then your Enneagram type. So my name is Unji Chi. My Enneagram type is a type 2 with a high wing three, and I am the youngest daughter and child of this family, and I guess I am also a wife to Matt and a mother to Jaden. Hello, my name is Jessica Chi. I am the oldest sister of the Chi family, and I am a three, I think, wing two. I don't think a strong wing two, but a three wing two. Hi, my name is Alex G. I'm the middle child and only son of the family. Mm. I am uh, four or three. Mm. I don't know. I took it twice. <laughs> All right, this is Matt, uh, co-host with NG of the Bachelor edition of Color Commentary and <laughs> husband uh, and father of Jaden. Uh, I am a nine wing eight, although past tests have labeled me as a three. So, to be continued on that conversation. Are you still struggling with the in-between or? No, I think, I think I'm a nine. Um, I'll kind of talk about the, the subtle differences I've uh, realized lately. Cool, 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 cool. Hi, my name is Chong Ren Chi. I'm the mom of three kids. <laughs> and I am, uh, I am the grandma of Jaden. And I am... One wing two. Oh. Hello, this is uh, Father Chong Chi, and I'm uh, uh, type two, wing two, <laughs> wing one. I'm type two, wing one. Uh, I'm the head of the family. Thank you. So that is our lovely family of six. We do have Jaden, but for the sake of this podcast, he is, we are doing this during his bedtime. Um, I'm excited because the Enneagram Institute says that around age four to five is when you do kind of develop into your Enneagram type. And I can't wait to see how Jaden develops with the years to come. So one of our first questions is, what was your reaction to your type results? Did anything stick out in a negative or positive way when reading your description? So I will go ahead and read about type two, just like the discover part, um, to give you guys a sense of what a type two is. Of all the Enneagram types, type two stand out for their personal warmth, strong relational skills, selflessness, and eagerness to support the people in their time of need. Possessing relational superpowers and intuition, they create feel-good atmospheres, always going the extra mile and defining themselves through service to others. They're carrying heart, intuition, and empathy, and desire for every person to experience love is reflected through their heart. 
However, type twos also have core fears of being rejected and unwanted, feeling like they could be worthless, needy, or inconsequential, um, dispensable, or unworthy of love. For me, when I kind of read through this, but also just doing my own research within, I actually was initially pleased with my result. I guess when you hear the great things, it's like, oh, they're the caring ones, and they're warm, and all these different things. And so I felt happy about my result. But actually, in the last couple of months, as I've been doing more Enneagram reading and learning, I feel a little bit frustrated, I guess, with my identity as a two. I feel like there are a lot more weaknesses with um, certain things that I didn't realize. And so I'm learning that and trying to figure out how to own that. For example, people pleasing and possessive are two words that stick out to me lately um, because maybe I'm in an unhealthier place stage of my type two but I find that I do a lot of things to please a lot of people and that part is kind of hard hard for me to swallow I read somewhere that um, sometimes type twos do things almost to feel that affirmation or love or recognition almost potentially even more than the generosity itself and so that's something I'm trying to figure out because I don't I don't think that's always true but I think in an unhealthy stage that's present um for me. Um, so my initial reaction was, well, when I took the test again, um, I got a five and three. Those were my two highest. Um, and I read through the five description and I felt like I resonated with a lot of what it was saying. But as I talked about it with Unji, I also kind of looked at the three description and I did resonate a little bit more with the three in terms of the core fear and so even though I did kind of score higher as a type five reading through the descriptions of the cores I did decide that I identify more as a type three and I guess one of the things that stuck out to me the most was the core fear I think the biggest thing that I resonated with was being exposed as or thought of as incompetent. And I think that that is something that does drive a lot of my own actions and decisions and choices that I make. Whereas I don't really identify as much, I guess, with the core desire, which is having high status. So those were just some things that stood out to me. Wow, I love how even though you got an answer of a type five, you really sat down and thought about it and had a conversation and reflection to decide who you are. And I encourage for some of you that might be confused about your type to really dabble with a few that come to mind and then have your own ownership in choosing your type. Yes, thank you so much, Unji. So when I first took the test like a year ago, I was type three. And I was like, oh, cool. That seems like me. And then I had to take it again for this podcast. And I got type four. And I was like, oh, that seems like me too. <laughs> so then I looked up all the percentages and I realized that I got like eight over 80% for all f- for four different types. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, this test sucks. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So if you um, read like the core stuff, what do you resonate with? Right, because they say it's like it's the core part of it that is like important in the Enneagram, right? Mm-hmm. And less of like you see other traits in you, but it's more like what really drives your like desires. That's the one number that you should pick. Yeah, they all seem right for three and four. Which core fear resonates more most with you for three or for four? Core three is being exposed as or thought incompetent, inefficient, or worthless, failing to be or appear successful. Core four is being inadequate, emotionally cut off, plain, mundane, defective, flawed, or insignificant. Both. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not like which one, so it's not like which one describes you better, but like which one of those, like the things you do on a daily basis are to like, to appease which one of those more. Wow, look who became an Enneagram master. Thank you. Probably three, yeah, type three for fear. Because one thing I think was helpful was actually Umma kept scoring two on her tests, but when we compared the core motivations for ones and two, she actually preferred the one barely, but over the two. And I think that was helpful. What do you think I am between three and four? 
Yeah, it's really hard because one of the things is that you shouldn't play a suicide in assuming. And something I did, which was not good, was just for fun. I took the test as if I was each of the family members. And I got the um, results for each of you guys that match what you guys got. For Opa, I did get a three-wing four when I assumed your answers. Then I'm a four-wing three. <laughs> so then Opa's a four-wing three. But I think it's right. Like I actually think these are very... They're both really high. Um, so that is kind of interesting. I feel like he's a three wing four, but you know, that's your own journey to get to that point. Yeah, I think it kind of helps in the theme of this, even our family, just like the a theme of a two and a three being a presence um, is kind of also a, a th- something I've kind of noticed. Um, I would say, I know you said this before, that you feel like you shouldn't change the person the number or whatever i would say when i was younger i resonated more with a 3 and the older i've been getting i resonate more with a 4 mm. if that makes sense so you said that we can't change numbers because that's the root of something yeah. well it's a hot topic of yeah, the day yeah um here. we have psychiatrist dr kohler also who is on the side of opa where <laughs> I am only looking at those who did ex- like much research in the Enneagram realm, where Enneagram Institute even said that at around four to five is when those developments happen in your brain, because these are not, it's not behavioral changes. It's like your core motivations. So these things stay in you and grow in that. I understand the hot topic of debate within this group right now is that what if you go through something crazy, um, but at least the few places I've listened to or read through have said that you, for the most part, should not change the type. So it's kind of like in Inside Out when Riley has her core memories. You can't change it. Okay. Perfect. Okay, yes. Um, how do you feel about that statement, Matt? I don't remember the movie well enough. <laughs> but <laughs> no, no, on like a future repression. podcast, I will debunk this. Okay. After um, you, do, you should do some research, though. Sure, I'll do some research. All right, um, so this is Matt. I am a nine, although the last time I took a test, I actually actually said I was a three, even though my nine percentage was higher. So it was a little confusing. But I think I am a nine. When I went to like the core stuff and I compared the two, right? A nine is like a desire to have preservation of things, like harmony in your environment, to like not have your surroundings like upset or disturbed and core three right is that achiever where like you crave kind of like recognition and you want you want like what's what's like the main things for three like your image uh, achievements uh, focus yeah like, like like those are the things showing that, that you are you. competent is successful succeeding is a big word yeah so so the reason why i resonated like a lot with a three and i was convincing myself it was a three is because when I thought about like certain social settings, like I really, I, I it always was very important for me for people to like know when I excelled at something. Like what, let's say I was like in like flag football, like the people in like the flag football world. world that I played with, like it was important for me for them to know that I was like good at it and like as good as I thought I was, kind of thing. And and so so that's like a small example of a larger thing that I like crave, but I I, I think I realize I only crave those things because like I then I feel if that happens then like my environment is like as it should be like it's just and it's like peaceful and then mm. you know like things are in order like they should be and I think when that's like and I noticed that like like with you guys like with this family like let's say when we play games and whatever I lose or I win or something, I actually don't really care about the result of like the loss or win. Like there's a part of me quickly that comes in like, Oh, like, you know, wish I would have won that, but I don't really care. Um, and I think it's because like in this setting, that's much less important to me because that isn't a part of this larger picture of like keeping the peace and harmony and like Mm -hmm. making the day enjoyable. Right. Like if I win or lose, doesn't affect that. Mm -hmm. What does is like the actual, like, how people are interacting and stuff. And that's way more important to me. So what I actually like crave the most is more centered around nine, even though like in pockets of my life, like the three stuff I Mm -hmm. I value a lot. And like ultimately, like I don't like in my career and stuff, like I don't really crave to be 
like known or successful. What I crave is to be like stable so I can go on trips. I can like explore、yeah. the world. I can have like a relaxing family life, like that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, and I talked to you about this because I was like, I, I, for a little, I really thought I was a three. Because in certain settings, I really want the three stuff, but that's definitely not my overall like drive.、Mm. It just like feels like it sometimes. Yeah, think that's really helpful for you to share. I feel like you've really、yeah. hit some insights within. That's yeah, I prepared well for this because thank you. This is one of my wife's big passion projects, and、it、I wanted、is. to to explore myself to、uh, <laughs> give you some good content. So this is a little bit. More of a layer, but there are growth lines and stress lines. And so, in your type, you also, when you're growing and you're getting healthier, you resemble traits of a different type as well. So, for a type nine, when they're growing, they actually resemble a lot of a three. They look like an achiever in a lot of ways because of how they are in their healthy state or their growing state. Interesting, because if you are a three. Right when you're in a stressful state, you actually show qualities of a nine. Somebody did their homework. <laughs>、uh, I will say one more. Th- I guess before I finish my, I'm like a huge nine more than any other setting in my marriage. Like、yeah. I, all I care about is for her to just like not be upset and for like <laughs> us to just have like peace in a day. Like I don't really care about I. So but but my three comes out like when we're having an argument that I'm like sure I'm right about. It becomes temporarily important to me to like be right, but then within like ten minutes after, I don't care at all about from right. I just want like the peace to be back.、Mm. So like it's it's very evident in like our marriage actually. Is that, is that the three coming out or the eight wing?、Oh, what's the eight wing again? So, I did most of my、so、prep work three, on the nine and the three. Three is mainly in your growth line, so it's more not like in a moment, but. Um, kind of like in the stage、uh, you are, and yeah, I'm、so、looking at eight now. It could either be an eight wing or in like for me, this is a little off tangent, but helpful to know for twos, umma and appa, because we're we are um appa, we are enneagram type twos, right? And when we're stressed or we're in stress line, so we're in a stressful maybe relationship or work environment or a certain type of area. We would resemble a type eight, which is like domineering,、um, like challenging, controlling sometimes.、Um, and I've noticed that where I have this type eight is in my marriage, where like I've I've shared sometimes like we have these stressful、um, times we've had in the past. I've noticed that I get very like demanding and very controlling. And while those are not the only Uh, traits of a type eight; those are the negative traits that kind of shine in me when I am in a stress line because I'm not in a th- healthy place. Yeah, and the eight kind of creeps in too. I think that's a part of it. But yeah, yeah. one thing that she used to get like、um, mad about was after a fight, I would j- go to sleep because I would just get tired <laughs> and I wanted to like feel peace again. So the easiest way to do that is to just. Fall asleep,、mm. but I like my body gets like physically tired. You're right. So for Matt, going to sleep might be a healthy thing for him to process and internalize. For Type Threes, when you guys show traits of laziness or slothfulness, even though for Matt that might not be a bad thing, for you guys that could be a signal. Oh, Anian Oppa might not make. We should make sure they're back at it, like things that they do to help themselves thrive. Because my sleep's not to ignore the problem; it actually like helps. It helps、yeah. me reset, and then I wake up and I'm like over it.、Mm-hmm. I don't. But you're not over it,、yeah. so it continues.、Yeah. All right, I'm dominating this part of the passage. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's bad for her. <laughs> Oma said something interesting. It's like for Matt, it might be a good thing, and we have to understand that about Matt. But for other people, sleeping is not always a good sign. So that's very correct, Oma. Yeah. So it's helpful to understand each type. I want to shout out, especially my parents, who you know are doing this podcast, even though it's probably a little stressful and uncomfortable.、Um, but I really appreciate them. I don't like these kind of a test <laughs> because、um, I don't get exactly. This or that, I always get in between. Yeah. Sometimes, some some occasion, it's this is right. Some other situation, this is right.、Mm-hmm. So I don't like to take this kind of test, but I did it for her. Thank you. And then, first time I get it, two, two one.、Mm-hmm. Second time I get it, one two.、Mm. But I just 
I just get still confused. So I just want to ask my family, you know, their point of view, not my point of view. Mm. Yeah. Because I get confused. Sometimes this, sometimes that. So I mean, I don't know the one and two descriptions well enough. I, I only really studied mine. But I think one wing two. I agree. I think Oma, you like when she took the test, it was literally like a percentage or two off from one another. And I think that when what was helpful was, like I said, we compared the two core motivations where certain things like being good, you are good versus you are wanted and love, like comparing those two statements, you like you are good more for yourself. Like you do like being balanced and um, being able to uh, be responsible and disciplined and principled in a lot of ways. But while that might be the case, I think a lot of your behaviors are heavily too oriented. So you do a lot for our family. You are um, very sacrificing, very loving, very nurturing, and also for like the church community and um, in other places that you have served. But I do think ultimately, while a lot of two behaviors show through you it still ties back to your core motivations which are more with the one type and i think Uh, just reading the description too about attention to details mm -hmm. um self-discipline responsible just your just seeing your daily life and i think it reflects um those qualities a lot if if it's helpful you're like the monica of friends (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think I think you said well. Yeah, I understand that. One. Yeah, that's yeah, that's me. <laughs> so, something I learned was like your wings, which doesn't just have to be one side. It just means the one is a stronger wing for you. But you also have a wing nine. But these wings are behaviors that show a lot in yourself. But it really ties back to your core, which is the t- type you get. Um, one thing I noticed because I had to do the test from Ma. Was that she didn't have any fives or ones? What does that mean, Unji? Interesting. I don't know because when I took it for you, <laughs> when I took it for you, I had strong disagrees and strong agrees. I think sometimes it's hard because it's kind of hard. I shouldn't analyze it this way, but maybe that's also because you want you don't want to have like a bad answer or like a wrong. Because the the words in that sentence is not some some are right agree. Right. But some not agree. Mm. That's why I put four instead of five. Mm. Or one is two yeah. instead of one. Like agree rather than strongly. But I was thinking of an example that you shared when you were younger too that makes me think that you are type one. You share that when you were in college and you said that everyone around you would be drinking, right? And drinking beer or something. And you said you always had Sprite. <laughs> Like, but like, just like that idea that even though there are other people around you that may be doing other things, if you believe something and you think that's right and that's what you should do, that you're the idea of self-discipline too, that you don't, oh, I'll just have one sip or do this. Like you will stick to what you believe. And I think that example shows why I think at at the core you are one. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Because when she plays golf, uh, with the appa <laughs> or other friends, and uh, usually when you play golf, you just uh, you know uh, small things, you just ignore it. She never does that. <laughs> she stick to the rules, always uh, you know yes or no. Even there's a cut sign. Sometimes a lot of people just go over a little bit. She never does go over a little bit. Always behind the cut sign. She's a strong type one. <laughs> What about when we played Hato the other day? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's really, like, right? Those are reflections of your strong ideals. And sometimes a type two, like, on these, we we might have a sip, you know? Like, there's a people-pleasing that we might do that or dabble in that, but you do have your strong ideals and that's part of your core. Um, So that's how, and, like, integrity with, like, the rule following in those ways, that's a lot of who you are. One of the dangers which... Opa did bring up is like what about Huato right like when it's something you're very convicted in you will do it but then it's it's also easy to justify in certain areas so that's also something that's helpful to know 
Some some rules you have to follow. You do it, but some other stuff <laughs> you don't have to do it. It's all depends on situation. Right, That's what right, I'm right. Saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Appa, go ahead and share. Thank you, Oma. That was really helpful. Okay. Uh, Chong Chi, uh, lead of a family, and type two, <laughs> wing one, and uh, the reaction to the uh, you know uh, test, I think is represent uh, truly about me. And I went over this my uh, uh, daughter, and uh, she thinks, "Oh, Appa, is it you?" A lot of things that they discussed about this, uh, you know, Enneagram coach, and I follow went through this. I think he represented me fairly well, and but sometimes uh, I do have a fear of uh, you know not being able to control sometimes, especially at work. So uh, I think some atmosphere at work is a little bit different than uh, work, you know, at the church or at home because. Uh, at work, if you just always trying to uh, support people, other people, listen to other people, and uh, you're never going to be able to uh, recognized by other people. Mm. And so especially the uh, society of this corporate America, is society of, uh, you know, always say, I, I, I. And, uh, you know, uh, for me, in church and everywhere, it's not I, it's always we, we, mm. we. So that's a confrontation, uh, uh, especially that I've been having at work. I'm still struggling sometimes, but uh, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's corporate America, you need to deal with this. Mm. And uh, I do feel sometimes uh, very frustrated because I, uh, when I see a people with uh, unprepared, unreadiness, mm -hmm. and the uh, only thing they can do is uh, they can speak. Mm. Okay, they can show themselves it's like uh, they do a, a lot better dog and pony show, mm. and that really bothers me mm. because uh, you know, uh, being a you know a foreigner, mm -hmm. sometimes uh, you know I don't do that. I'm just stick to the uh, core, but uh, that bothers me quite a bit. And uh, so dealing with that is also my uh, one of the, my the, uh, core problems. Mm. Okay. Thank you for Thank sharing you. that. Um, so I actually want to add on above because. It's interesting that you mentioned that a lot about work identities, because when I read the description and I did the test with you, um, I actually saw a lot of this just in what role you play in our family. Mm. And I think like growing up, you always said the word sacrifice yep. to us. And I think that word is really big as a two. Um, just by kind of just reading some of the core information, the idea that you give and you serve um, people in your family and those around you as well, but um, in this family context um, to the point where you feel like you are also sacrificing part of yourself, right? And part of your own needs to serve the needs of the family. No, that makes me happy. Yeah. yeah. Which <laughs> is really happy. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's a core desire, right? That's yeah, something yeah. that drives mm -hmm. a two, which, which like, so when I was reading it, I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is Appa. Mm -hmm. Which, on the other hand, too, a core weakness is pride, yeah. right? And I and that's actually something too, right? That I feel like is something for you as well, right? Yep. So I th there are a lot of the core descriptions that I was like, oh wow, this is this is Appa, mm -hmm. and a lot of times I feel like we don't tell you enough mm -hmm. that we appreciate you and we love you, and I mm -hmm. think like that also drives you to want to serve and do more mm -hmm. because. We don't tell you that enough, too. But we appreciate you deeply. Thank you. What are some memories from childhood that you can pinpoint that reflects your Enneagram type? I think a lot of times we do form these types with, you know, the environment we're in for us was closely our family, right? And I have these different memories with each of you. Like for Onni, I remember Onni would not let me sleep with her on her bed. And she said the only option was the floor, right? Hey, Every night. Background? Every night, <laughs> I slept on her floor because I wanted to have that time because relationship meant so much for me, right? Or in a, in a different but similar sense, like I was willing to only be paid 10 cents to be Opa's goalie and potentially, you know, suffer the danger of a soccer goal getting hit to my face. But it's because I wanted to spend time with Opa and that's where I wanted to meet him. No, you did it for free. What was the 10 cents? Oh, I paid Opa 10 cents for, oh <laughs> for basketball. Never mind. I did it for free. Basically willing to almost get her because Opa was a good soccer player, right? So it's not like it's just for fun. For Appa, something that's a little different. It's like I had a lot of 
pride or like joy in seeing Appa serve at church, particularly in the youth group when he was an elder, because it helped kind of identify a part of my heart. And I felt like it was the same alignment and it made me feel really good to have something like that with my parrot. And I really appreciated it. And I remember, I think a lot of my twos came from Oma's affirmations, actually. Like there was a time where I went to my friends and I got kokam or a kam or persimmon, right? And that was the favorite fruit for me and Oma. But really, Oma just loved this fruit and she doesn't really rave about a lot of things. And so I just put one or two, I don't remember, but I put one aside and then I ate only one because I wanted to save one for my mom who liked it too. And I didn't think of it as like, this crazy sacrifice, but I remember Oma was so touched when I did that. And I remember the, the like the reaction I saw in her eyes. And I also remember how she would share that story with her friends as like a brag. And I would be like, I want to keep doing things that make her happy. And I think those were those moments that like really helped me realize, wow, that felt really good to have done something that was very nice. Because I am a type two, right? But in a way that really made someone feel loved and so those are just like small and i think in its flip side it's like when we go on family walks at night when we were younger sometimes amma would go her way and appa would go his way and i got so stressed i would walk as mi- in the middle as i could because i felt stressed do i follow amma or do i follow appa and i felt very stressed because i was like i don't want them to think i like the other more if i follow one of them so i'm just going to go right down the line and that shows that it's fair so those are some initial childhood memories i kind of thought about um, when i was thinking as a type two what are some things that reflected at an early age so when I first read the type three, I initially really only thought of my adult life. So it's actually interesting to think about this in the context of myself as a child or growing up. And the more that I actually thought about it, I think I'm a healthier three now than I was growing up. I think that when I was younger, I cared more about image. And maybe it was because of being the oldest that I had a certain, like something that I needed to show for or to take responsibility of, making good grades in school, at church, being a leader, in whatever ways that I served as well. I think that all of those maybe identities caused me as a three to to want to seem like I have everything together and that I am accomplished or I am successful or um, just care more about my image. It kind of like set a level of pride, I think, in me that as I went through all the successes and failures of becoming an adult, I think I've learned what it really means to be successful and what success really means or what achievement really means outside of what I think the world or people around me or I myself was telling me when I was growing up. So those things, I think, kind of stood out to me from, I don't know, specific examples of growing up, but that's it. Yeah, I think when I was reading this, I was also seeing on the lens of as an adult. I think I, especially having an older sister um, who was very accomplished, as she said, uh, I was always striving to be better. So the core desire, I, I feel like I've, I've always had that from a, from a young age. Um, I remember no matter what it was, whether it was I had to take gymnastics classes or taekwondo or whatever classes with, with my sister, I was engraved from an early age this feeling of competitiveness. But in terms of the, the core fear, I don't think I felt that as much as a kid. That kind of sank in later on in my life when I think my sister said that too was when I realized exactly what success was and the difference when I had like more insecurities come out and also when people had higher expectations of me I mean I I can you know attribute a lot to playing a competitive sport growing up you know that defined a lot of my personality too you know having success but also having a lot of struggles and failures um, you know, in achieving that success, trying to see if if what is your worth and and um, you know the value of wins and losses and good games and bad games and just dealing with 
that like roller coaster of a ride in in my high school years was something that was uh very i don't know very emotional mm. yeah <laughs> uh in terms of like a certain childhood memory i feel like the the core weakness part the the deceit deceiving themselves and doing their um yeah i mean i feel like from an early age you know i had to present myself as someone that was more put together than i probably was and that carried on like through through college and into my my adult life yeah end of speech i think it's cool because we get to hear about matt's memories as a child too and learn a little about you so i didn't really prepare this question so i'm looking at it now and what i realized is this is going to support my theory because I have very little memories I can come up with that support me as a nine. You must have been a healthy nine. And like all my motivation, no, but I don't think it was, but like every motivation I can think of as a story is like a three. Like I really wanted to be seen in like certain lights or even like image stuff that I was insecure about, about myself because how I thought it would look to other people. For example, I like these big old buck teeth because they effed up my orthodontist like braces and it like pushed all my teeth down and then i was even like i would even like look at my head shape and like think about how other people would see it i i I forgot like all about these things and i remember now but but those things are not like that's image not because like the image is more so tied to like success and like those types of ways not so much just image itself yeah but it was almost that because i didn't I cared about it like, will this prevent me from like having this girl like me that <laughs> that I might like <laughs> or something like that? What's her name? Not about like my friends or like, but okay. So those are like small examples. But even like, like it was really important for me. Like most of the things that drove me, I think back in the day was like being better than people at like every, like most things I did. Hmm. and very little was about like so as i like kind of matured i think i became a lot more it became a lot more important for me for just to like have like peace around me and like uh, being someone who like doesn't get riled up easily like i can keep my composure through almost everything Hmm. um i don't like yell i don't lash out i don't those things because i think it's very important to like be level-headed so not for the just like sake of myself but for like the others around me but that wasn't like a priority of mine growing up i it was very important for me, yeah, to be the best at like everything I did and for people to like know that I was. And and then even like so I like had very little success with the ladies back then, but it was very important for me to like I was really good friends with some of like the prettiest and most popular girls. They never like Friends like old. yeah, for sure. But it was like really important for me to have those. And actually like some of them I actually like, I really liked his friends. Like they were cool, but, but even that, like I, I desire like a certain level of like people seeing me in a way that I thought like I deserve to be seen kind of thing. Mm. I don't know, all, all that to say, I identify with a lot more as a three in my childhood than as a nine. I actually identify very little now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, like like the core stuff for a nine, I, I don't think those were any of my core do you issues feel like, in, um, as gr- growing up. Do you feel like your opinion mattered when you were younger? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's helpful. I think that's something maybe um, an Enneagram nine person can listen to and figure out because that is hard because I'm confused. And thank you for sharing. Because I never thought about, about that. What about within your family? Do you have any um, examples of an Enneagram nine type? Like being a four children or not really hold on, let me see. Let me let me think about it in the context of my family. I feel like so most of my motivations weren't family centered. Like like Alex was talking about like trying to keep up with his sister. Like most of my motivations came from my peers. Mm. Like uh having like a certain uh yeah, like being seen against my peers, not being seen against my family. I have very high achieving siblings as well all of them um and like every teacher who i would had like everyone knew the Kohlers because like they knew andrew and they knew my sister and then my they all knew my mom because she was so involved in everything but like that never really drove me to like meet those expectations what drove me was to like be seen a certain way compared to my peers Hmm, quite interesting yeah 
Thank you for continuing to be an enigma. You're welcome. Amma, Appa, this would be cool to hear if you can remember younger memories of uh, reflecting some of the traits you've read. Yeah, this is a Chongqi, head of family. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, child memory that reflect uh, type 2 wing 1. It doesn't have to be, for this, it doesn't have to focus on your wing, just the type 2 part. In my family, I, I have uh, two brothers, so we got three, three boys. Uh, I'm the uh, first son and the Chang son. That uh, comes with a lot of uh, responsibility. Oh, that, Spider-Man. Uh, that reflects uh, you know, uh, some of the uh, these, uh, uh, results, I think. Mm. And uh, one thing I have remember is that you know, when I was in elementary school, from my house to uh, uh, my elementary school, you take a bus, okay? You take a bus, it takes about 20 minutes to bus, and then, uh, you know, uh, you come home, right, bus? So uh, sometimes, you know, uh, I save the money for the bus fare. Oh. I walk from uh, school to home. I bought the uh, bang for my brother. I still remember that. <laughs> Let me repeat this again. <laughs> I still remember I walked from the uh, my school to home without taking a bus. I saved that maybe 20 cents. I bought the bang, the bread uh, for my brothers. Wow. Uh, that's one so thing sacrifice. I remember. Yeah, yeah. So that's that has not saying. changed. <laughs> so uh, I think that's the uh, uh, being uh, always maybe yeah. sometimes uh, into this kind of uh, you know uh, uh, results. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a really cool. St- I don't think I've heard that story. Okay. Thank you for sharing that memory. I heard a hundred times. <laughs> for me, I think I don't have exact uh, memory, but I always follow the rules. You know, I have mm. to follow, and then then something on the road is wall is crooked, and I have to make it perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that I can see. That's why I think I I'm good at my putting too. <laughs> <laughs> I can read a line, and then I can put it in, and um, that's a joke. And then, <laughs> and um, when I was a little, I was not good at singing, so. I have to sing in front of a uh, class, so my um, uh, note I can I I can sing right note. Then I didn't want to I didn't even want to sing in front of the people. Mm. <laughs> if I'm good at something, I can do it. But if I'm not good at something, then I don't I don't just want to do it. Mm. Instead of showing other people I'm not good, so that I think that's type one. That's that's the result. I'm still still not good at singing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You sing very well, Jaden. <laughs> uh, said he sings well for Jaden. Oh yeah, Oma, you're the youngest out of eight siblings. Yeah. How was that dynamic, growing up, especially with the large age gap between your siblings? I was uh, I was a I was a princess. <laughs> of the eight mm. they treat me like a princess like we all treat Jaden <laughs> since we've kind of reflected on how our Enneagram types have formed or not formed um, during childhood times how do you see our types playing in the dynamic specifically of our family so it could be different in work or in friendships or different things like that but what are some things you like about your type and how that contributes to our family? And also, what are some things that are difficult for you that you want our family to know? Um, I do think that culture and sibling order definitely played a role in, in a shaping of my type. But I think being a helper or a giver, which is like my description, has been a very natural thing for me in our family because I was the youngest of a Korean household. But I think more recently, now if we talk about our dynamic, which does include Matt too, right? I think something that has been hard for me is that I've never had to question my role or even my choice to 
put on that hat in this family because I was the youngest. I'm going to help. If Oma, Ani, and Opa order me to go get me water, I, do, I go do it because it's like, it's, I liked it. I don't know. Like just little things are playing with each other or whatnot or obeying or things like that. I think as someone who is now a wife, right? And having to understand like cultural differences within that and also now a mom, which means like there's an authority within that as well with my son. I've internally struggled a lot with like one, how do I not be taking sides? Kind of like what I shared when, do I follow umma or appa when I was younger and we were walking, right? Like this is kind of hard. One, there are more people I feel like I have to please. Family, husband, and now even Jaden. So there's like a people pleasing aspect that has gotten harder for me where I feel like I could hurt someone's feelings in that. And then the other part is because there are more people I feel like I have to please, I have become a little bit more confused on what I want or what trusting my decisions because I want, I feel like I have to please other people and their decisions. So that's been hard for me, I think. And the reason is like, because I want everyone to feel loved and I want everyone to feel valued. But sometimes I feel like, any action I do could hurt someone's feelings and that's something I never want in a dynamic. On the flip side, I do think I still prioritize family and uh, really try my best to make personal connections with each of you. And I am really grateful for Jaden because I feel like that has actually brought me closer to each of you. And while this is our first time together in two years as a whole family, I've been able to see all of you multiple times in COVID. And so I've been really grateful for that part. I think if there was something you would know about me is just like, I really value good conversations. Like that's like the best way I feel connected to each of you. So like, I really don't want to go to Costco this morning because I was so tired, but I had a great conversation with Appa on the like car ride and like t- that time. And I think those moments are what I actually value the most in my relationships with each of you because then I get to understand you guys more or know more about you and that just makes me feel closer to you um how do I see my three playing out in the family dynamic it's a little hard because I think a lot of the three qualities that I see um show up a lot in my work especially in work life balance I guess so maybe that's how it might connect to my family or home life um I mean like little qualities like being efficient or checking things off a to-do list or even when I'm home there are things that you know I want to get done or that we do together I guess that might be some three qualities like at home it might be more of idea that as a three I do struggle with work and home balance um, and setting healthy boundaries for myself as a workaholic at times that I, I know it's said that as a three you seek words of ap- affirmation to like affirm that you are competent and all of those things um, so I guess this is m- maybe where the healthy three comes out I don't really ever seek words of affirmation and those that actually isn't my love language Um, My love language is like spending time with people. And so I feel like that kind of connects to my kind of goal to achieve a healthier home and work-life balance. I'm able to do that when I spend time with my family. And I think it's hard because I live so far away. So I'm not doing that every day. Um, So even even when, you know, Unji calls us to FaceTime with everyone with Jaden, like it adds, honestly, adds like an hour more of work that I have to do <laughs> that day. So maybe it doesn't help with home life balance. But that's something that I'm, I want to do. I mean, that's something that I know that like I'm able to keep working and doing these things because that's something that like gives me joy um, and that kind of feeds me and allows me to keep doing whatever work that I'm doing. Um, so I think that is also why I value trips that we take together or traveling, which is the fun of traveling as well, but more of like that time that we spend together, um, especially because we do live far away and it's harder for us to meet. And so that quality time of spending together helps me feel a healthier three where my life isn't just all about work, right? but that I am really prioritizing and making time and letting myself rest with my family and the people that matter to me. 
Uh, I mean, mine's pretty obvious, actually. I mean, I feel like I'm more of a nine here than in any other setting in my life because <laughs> that's just like in the setting most important. It's just like kind of a peacemaker role. I my wing eight only comes out around things concerning Jaden. My eight comes out less here than in any other setting, and my nine is nine is more prominent here than in any other setting because I think that's what's most important to me when I'm uh, hanging out in this setting. And again, Jaden would be the lonely outlier for that, which doesn't come up that often anymore. Um, when it comes to the family, instead of type one, I think type two comes out mm. because when fam my family's around, I try to do um, all the cookings. All the stuff I can do while they are here, and then all the messiness here, but I just ignore that. Mm. I want to clean, but I don't want to clean when they are around. Mm. When they, when you guys are not here or in the room or some other place, then I clean, mm. but not in front of you guys. I I try not to clean. You know, mm -hmm. that's helpful. That's all. I'm type one. I wanted to be. You know, yeah. in in a certain place, but yeah, I do that, and then I I think I try to sacrifice my stuff while my families are here. I think so more like a type two. Okay, what well, can you share to help us as a family understand how you think? I mean, uh, both uh, me and my wife have been here more than forty years in this country, but. Uh, our basic philosophy and standards is uh, is Korean, mm. so which means that you know uh, when you're in Korea and when you uh, raise your kids, it's very authoritative. You always tell them what to do, do this and do that. Mm. And uh, uh, along the years in uh, learning, having all your three kids here, I have learned that that's not the way to communicate. So mm. communication is extremely important, and uh, sometimes uh, you know uh, uh, it comes out uh, to tell you what to do, and um, I'm finding out that's not the way to communicate to your kids. Mm. So uh, so I'm trying to uh, being a type two is uh, trying to more understandable about what you guys thinking, and rather than tell you guys what to do, I'm trying to uh, understand first. And also trying to, uh, rather than, you know, uh, exactly, you know, stocks, I tell you what to do. But other than that, i rather, you know, uh, just listen and uh, be supporting, you know, uh, from the behind. Uh, that's <laughs> what the uh, type two uh, it came up to me. Mm. So, the, so along the way, it, it, it changed. Uh, this is Chong Chi. Uh, <laughs> Head of house. <laughs> I think that's really helpful. I've seen you grow in that, even though it's it's been hard. I, I have seen the effort, so I appreciate that. I think for me, being a type three, uh, when I'm in like a family setting, I feel the least like a type three when I'm in the family setting, if that makes sense. Um, the fear and desire and the weakness for those cores, I'm comfortable just being myself, I would say. I would say outside of family, <coughs> especially my industry, it is a very public industry. And in terms of you know having status and success and failure um, is something that's very visible to a lot of people. Um, so, you know, I always have those core fears and core desires. But, you know, like it wasn't always like this when I was younger, you know, our parents pushed us very hard to achieve many things and now you know it's it's been a transition but now when i do come home it's i can um, relax a little bit in terms of not having to put up some sort of like front or mask in terms of my success or you know my desires to add on i think that might be a sign of like a healthier three and and maybe like in different social settings or settings you could be a healthier version. I don't know if this is true, a healthier version of your type or not. But one thing that I was like, oh, I disagree with this was that as a type three, you want to like hide like who you are and you might be deceitful. And um, in when you have relationship issues, like what you were saying, Anyok, about like 
your authentic and genuine self, I feel like I'm able to be that in like the family. So I don't have to like pretend or lie or deceive anyone to to say that I'm better or I've done more, achieved more in this, at least in this setting. I really appreciate your answers. And I mean, due to time, I do want to have two more, like you can answer either one, but the final question is just, you know, type two, want to end it with affirmations. What do you love about our family? Um, In the lens of your Enneagram type, but if you want to also share any additional insights, this would be the time to leave a final nugget. So I'm really grateful for this family. And when I was younger, I always felt so grateful to God that he chose this family to be my blood family. Um, I think we have always been close. And I remember one time, Julie Gomo, um, when Matt and I visited Chicago, she was like, which is like they really worked hard to break away from like a lot of societal things for Korea, for Korean culture and really try to set like a space of like safety and like family values and certain things. She was just like saying how you guys really did it right. You know, and I think like when I think about it and even like Appa mentioned, right, like being Korean immigrants and having to adjust to a whole new country and then making like coming together and making this family where we really do value each other and we put each other first is something I've always been really grateful for. Growing up, I always loved our competitiveness and our closeness and even the emotions that we all share with one another. Um, Last night, we had reflection time and just like shared the year with each other. And in my mind, I just kept thinking like, this is really special that we get to do this and hear about each other's years and, um, you know, like a Apple was sharing like work harder at listening to one another and making sure it's a safe space so that, you know, we all feel more and more comfortable to share. So the type two in me felt really grateful that everyone was like transparent and honest last night. Um, And I felt like that was a huge growth and um, something I was really grateful for. I think another insight I was kind of like thinking through all this was that um, like especially for me and Appa being type twos, I realized like both of us kind of did like a struggle in leaving Dallas where we had such a strong community and like an easy outlet to serve in such a great way. And I think in in Dallas, I was a really healthy type two because it wasn't like I was actually trying to please anybody. I was very secure in myself and those things just came naturally and a part of who I was versus now I think, yeah, I think like one family's the only relationship I have that's a constant right now. That's been like a stable constant of like you guys knowing me as Unji Chi, but also like the transition to Kohler as well. Um, but I think because the relationships in my life or friendships in my life are not as stable. I have a more like people pleasing side in our family that I don't think, I don't know if you guys notice or not, but it's just something to share. That's like always in my head that I, I want to make everyone happy. Cause I just like want to protect my relationships with each of you. So I thought that would be something I should share. So something that I love about our family, I don't know how much this has to do or reflects my type three but I do appreciate that we prioritize family and we even create situations like this for each other and maybe it is the type three of doing things and getting things done and and even with our family I know that we are all very imperfect in um, just our our own selves and um, even our relationships with each other and we don't always communicate in the best ways we don't always clearly understand each other Um, but I do appreciate that we try and we don't ever give up on that and we we don't just kind of ignore it and move on but we pudicha or like you know we butt heads and we you know talk it out or we try or you know, kind of make the time to at least try and understand each other. And part of that comes with creating space like this. And I know that even when we were doing this podcast, we were like, oh my goodness, we don't really know what we're talking about. And we really don't. But I appreciate that we all sat here and tried and we talked and we got to know each other better because of it. And so I just appreciate that we are kind of willing to create that space to do that. 
one thing I love about our family is each of our competitive natures from a young age that helped mold us into who we are. And even now, um, I like how, even though it's not as intense, you know, we are still able to enjoy each other's company through many games, many different activities. You know, that's something that our family has been very good at. I would say I also love how much that we all care for each other. I feel like it's sometimes it's too much and it feels like a caring competition and then we get upset because everyone cares too much and not think <laughs> about themselves but then whoever gets angry also cares too much and then you get angry for them caring too much <laughs> and then and we're all angry and then we forget about it and then rinse and repeat yeah I, that's something that is our traits that I admire in all of us, um, Matt included. Even Matt as the peacemaker? Even <laughs> Matt as the peacemaker, yeah. And I can, I, what Matt was saying earlier about not having, feeling the need to win. Um, and that's something that I've, I've learned like getting older is not having to win all the time. But at the same time, there are flashes where I was like, where it comes out and then you're like, oh, okay, no, just tone it back a little bit. But yeah, I just loved how our family is able to just enjoy each other's companies and have fun. Um, so yeah, advice. Last, what is it? Last In additional insights. Additional insights. For me, I've always had a difficult time just communicating, and I don't really like to share my feelings or talk about <laughs> stuff in general. I feel like, you know, over the past couple of years, I've been able to open up a little bit more in terms of, you know, just struggles that I have been dealing with. I feel like the older I've gotten, the smaller my um, circle of friends have gotten in terms of who I have the, the patience to deal with. <laughs> um, and yeah, I appreciate my family forcing situations of communication, um, which has helped me in terms of emotional growth even though it's you know it's only a number of days out of the year you know and then you go back to your life um, but it's always great to you know spend this time with your family and communicate so yeah you're welcome thank you yeah no i like that i don't know how common like something like this is i imagine not very would never happen in my family so I think I like the your family's genuine interest to like know each other very, like know like literally everything about each other. <laughs> like there's a, like a real desire uh, to do that, and then you actually like like implement it at least at least on like a, a like a yearly basis. I I will say so. What I've how many years have I done this with you guys? I don't know, like five, six, seven. All right, like a handful of years. So I've have like data points right that don't go through like y'all's whole history but in six years i won't go into specifics but like there's a very noticeable change in people of like what i see them like or not just so kind of personality or like character wise but also how you even approach time like this like this sharing time so it's cool because i entered at like what like a random point in time and then i've seen like year to year and like it's been cool seeing like specific i guess like changes in growth that's like pretty significant actually it's gonna be way too awkward to go into specifics but so i'll speak in generalities it's because of Jaden. i don't think so uh even pre-jaden i think but also because Jaden. both we all love Jaden. when i was young i always had wanted to have a perfect family um, I wanted to have um, kids and holding their hands to go to church and the good life. But I think I have that that um, family here. So Aww. I'm really happy for that. Uh, all my all three kids go to um, church and <laughs> read a Bible and live like a Christian. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah. 
And um, and even Jaden have a. I really really like that Jaden having a Thursday worship time with the family as a family, and she's he's all he always look at me and goes Amen Amen Amen, <laughs> asking for Amen Amen Amen. I think that's a good thing. I like. My family all getting together at least once, twice, twice a year together. At least twice a year. Fifteen. Fifteen. Me. I mean, all, everybody yeah, together. Yeah. Everybody together. Yeah. So and we share um, all all the stuff, and sometimes we fight, we cry, but <laughs> outcome is good. And all the games we play, I like it. I'm glad you have your perfect family. This is Chongqi. What do you like about my family? Um, love in there, love is in there. And that's the uh, one word that I can say. And even though uh, we talked about many struggles and uh, many many conflicts, always uh, there is a love in there with a God in the core. And that's the you know uh, that's how uh, we family together. And that's the bottom line for this. I mean, uh, as I you know, uh, Matt mentioned about you know his sort of data point the past few years. I mean, I mean you know I think that our family is getting stronger, getting tighter, and uh, being more open to each other, and uh, 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 communicate each other better. And uh, and of course, I mean the few years ago and now. God blessed us in many different ways. I mean, uh, emotionally, spiritually, also uh, to me, uh, a lot in financially too. So you guys are much better off uh, than we were than before. So uh, all this together is, uh, you know, uh, uh, family is, uh, uh, always I said, don't be a mediocre, family is number one. No wonder we're, yeah. we, there's twos and threes. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I think, Apo want to, touch on what you mentioned about everything with God, right? Because I think that's something we didn't really talk a lot about with the Enneagrams, but how you can be the healthiest versions of your types when you are in alignment with with the word, when you're in alignment with what you know, right? What God reveals to you about your identity and who you are, whatever weaknesses that you have or your fears are redeemed, through Jesus and um, through Amen. that. So I think when you mentioned that, Abba, that was an important thing that we didn't really talk about. Love in the <laughs> Any last words? Thanks, Angie. Well, I just want to give my final thank yous. I think I personally learned a lot about each of you through this time. And I know podcasts or things I put... <laughs> out there it's not always a comfortable idea but the theme of we're always there for each other and we're willing to be uncomfortable when it comes to family because the love is so strong um really resonates with me and as a type two right like asking for this type of thing like i don't want it to be a burden and that was a anxiety for me like if it was a burden for any of you um but just to see like the joys and the sharing and makes me very happy so i'm very blessed to have this family of mine and i'm glad we got to um, discuss more about the enneagram thank you ng and that's another episode of Kohler Conversation. Say cheers, Chingle Bells family, to a great 2022. Cheers. cheers. And that's another episode of Color Commentary.